This evening we are looking at uh, session number 13 in our series of studies on kingdom values. And uh, this will be our last session in this series. And the value that we are doing is accountability. Accountability. Let me briefly run through the different values that we have studied so far. In session number one, we learned about humility. In session number two, we learned about gentleness or meekness. In number three, we learned about patience. Number four, we learned about forbearance. In number five, we learned about thankfulness or gratitude. Number six, we learned about forgiveness. Number seven, we learned about self-control. Number eight, we learned about integrity. In session number nine, we learned about excellence. In number 10, we learned about authenticity. And number 11, we learned about compassion. And in the last session, 12, we looked at generosity. And in this, our final session, we are looking at accountability. Accountability. Now, we are living in a world where people have rejected the absolutes. Okay. They have rejected the absolutes. What do I mean by they have rejected the absolutes? They don't speak about any standard. They are their own authorities. You know, they are they are, you know, if you were to say, they are the bosses. You know, they don't want to be under anybody. You know. Now, in this type of a world, instead of we being accountable to God, people want God to be accountable to them. <laughs> That's the topsy turvy world that we are living in. Okay, so this is a shift from you know, a God-centered perspective of life to a man-centered perspective of life. Instead of thinking about what God wants of us, He is our Creator God, so we should ask Him. You know, people have rejected the Creator God, and as a result, they think we just came into being, so we are our own bosses. So God should be accountable to us for whatever is happening in the world. God should have an answer. Hey. That's so wrong. That is so unbiblical. Okay. Now, accountability to God is definitely, you know, an important truth in Scripture. If God is our creator, then we are definitely accountable to him, isn't it? You know, the creature is accountable to the creator. If you knock off the creator part of God, if you say, I don't believe in God, that's what the majority of the world is, will be thinking in or they're making a God in their own image, in their own understanding, they don't put accountability factor into it. But the biblical understanding is always, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. There is an accountability factor built into our lives. Now, research shows that accountability is essential for any social system. In other words, in any structure, there has to be an accountability, isn't it? In a, now, a student is accountable to his teacher, a child is accountable to their parents, in a, and in a job situation, the employee is accountable to the employer. So it is built into the system. If a person says, no, I don't want accountability, I can do whatever I want to, <laughs> that's not the pattern that the world is putting in, in their regular course of events also. If a person does that, we call that person a rebellion, a rebel. They are thrown out of you know, the whole system and you know, they say, okay, you are your own boss, fend for yourself. You know. But that doesn't really work out. We expect you know, 
to be in that system of accountability in our regular everyday lives. But if we say, I don't want to have any accountability with God, it doesn't work out because the Bible clearly shows us that accountability is not just important for Christians, but it is also very, very essential. It is very essential. Why is it essential? Because you know, of the impact our thoughts and words and actions have on others. Now, we are responsible. No person can say, am I my brother's keeper? No, we are accountable to each other. You know? God has placed us in this world for a purpose. So as a result, since there is an, an, an impact of what we say and do and think also, we must be careful that we have to understand what accountability is. And understanding what accountability is, we must also make sure that we come into that you know, uh, accountability to God and to one another so that there's maturity and growth in our lives. And the world will also be able to see, hey, this is a value system that a person is adhering to. So during the course of this session and you know, this evening, we're going to look at this important truth of why is accountability so important to God? Why is accountability so important to God? Now, before we go into all that, let's understand what is accountability. You know, you may be asking, oh, I've been talking about accountability, but what is accountability? According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, accountability is the quality or state of being accountable, an obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's actions. Okay? The willingness to be responsible, accept the responsibility that has been given to you, and also to give an account of what you did with that responsibility that was given to you. That is what accountability is all about. Now, the definition of accountability in the Bible, you can read from Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, which says, So then, each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Of us have to give an account of himself to God. God has given us a responsibility, he has placed us in this world for a purpose. So, when our time is up, we have to give an account of our lives to God. So, in a nutshell, accountability is seen as an understanding and upholding of the responsibilities that we have been given in order that we can complete the job or the task that has been given to us to the best of our ability. It could be from the smallest level, like, you know, for a child, being accountable would be to make sure that homework is completed the night before school, you know, the next day. Or for a college student, it will be to make sure that you get up in the morning, you know, on time to reach college, you know, for your lectures on time. Or for an adult, it could be to make sure that you work each day on the job that you are in so that, you know, you're giving your best. And if in case you have goofed up, you have made a mistake, you're willing to admit the mistake as well. So that's what we learned from Romans 14, 12. We have to give an account to God. That is our primary, final, if you were to say accountability. But in the world that we live in, God has put different, different you know, individuals in place to help us to make sure that that, that final accountability 
we don't get in a few days a minus marks in a, but we would be able to hear from God, well done. So what is biblical accountability? Couple of important lessons. Let's break it down into three components. Number one, it means giving an account. Giving an account. Paul says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Standing before God's judgment, they say, God, this is the life that you gave me for this purpose. This is how I have lived my life for you. That is what on its basic level is to give an account. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12 and verse 36 tells us, But I tell you that men will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken. And Hebrews 4.13 says, No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So whether or not we make ourselves accountable in this life, finally, one day, we are definitely accountable to God. Okay, That one day we will stand before God and God will ask us for an account. Okay, Now, why is this? Why is that you know, we have to stand before God? Because God has created us in his image you know, and has given us a responsibility. He is the creator, so he has all the right to ask an account of us. You know, if you notice in the scriptures, Jesus gave different, different examples of that, isn't it? You know, a man has gone on a journey, he entrusts different responsibilities to them. When he comes back, he asks for an account, you know, because the master is the boss. So we are not the bosses. This life doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. So if it belongs to God, God has all the right to ask for an account. So that's the first component to give an account. Secondly, it is according to God's standard. It is according to God's standard. Because when you're thinking about accountability, there has to be a standard. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, in a all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Okay, so here's a simple you know, principle. Okay, if you are living under the law, Old Testament laws, you have to do this, you know, and you have not done that, you are going to be held accountable. New Testament, you are no longer under the law. But you are under grace. Jesus says, I died for you on the cross for my sins. What did you do with that? Did you accept that? Did you not accept it? Did you live your own life thinking that was in a, in a not something worthwhile? And as a result, you had to still work out for your salvation, you know, pay for your salvation? Sorry, the Lord would say. So when you're thinking about accountability factor, a component, the second part of it is that it is according to God's word. Biblical accountability is never arbitrary. You know, it is definitely based on what God's word says. What is God's definition of good? What are the things that the Bible defines as this is good, this is bad? So on the basis of that, our judgment is also, our accountability is also tied in. And number three, it is in the context of a personal relationship. Romans 14, 12 says each person. In other words, it's a personal accounting. It is not a mass accounting that you can just slip by in some corner and nobody has seen you. No. Each one will have to stand before God for whom everything is open. You know, we can't hide anything from God. 
So knowing that there's a time like that, okay, which we do not know when it will be, when God will call us home. So as a result, each day that we live, we have to live keeping this value in mind that one day I have to stand before God. So I'm accountable. So each day let me live my life the way that would please God. A couple of examples of accountability in the scriptures. We have Paul and Timothy and Titus. You know. Here was a group that was accountable to one another to help them to grow. Paul had his Timothy. Timothy had his Paul. They went on journeys together. So as a result, you know, they were able to learn from one another, be responsible to each other, and through that to demonstrate to the uh, people around that no man is an island. We need one another and we need to take the help of each other. And as we work together like that, you know, learning from somebody, giving to somebody. We are responsible to someone else, you know, to whom we are accountable, and somebody else is accountable to us. You know. That is how the growth process works on. Also, you have Paul and Barnabas. And I remember Paul and Barnabas is a classic example. When the church was you know, very apprehensive about you know, Paul's conversion, it was Barnabas who stood in the gap and said, no, no, I can vouch for this person. He is genuinely saved. And they went together for ministry. If there was no Barnabas standing in to say, look here, you know, I'm accountable. If anything happens, if this guy does wrong, you blame me for it. That is what accountability is. Thirdly, you have a small team or a small group where you're sharing ideas, you're sharing your pains, you're sharing your burdens, you're sharing your victories. This could be a small group in which we come together just for prayer so that you can share together. It could be a small group that you can you know, come together for a Bible study. It could be online, it could be offline, but here's a group that you're accountable for. And they are asking you questions. You are asking them questions, checking how things are in your spiritual life so that that would enable you on one side to be encouraged, but also on the other hand to make sure that you are not falling away, but you are pressing on. Number four, marriage is also another area where accountability takes place, where husband and wife are accountable to each other to stand together, to pray together, to work together, to support one another. That is what God has called us in marriage. And fifthly, definitely, the local church. We have pastors and leaders, we have members, and, uh, and each one accountable to one another. So the Lord has put in place in a, a structure like this for our spiritual growth. But if you don't make use of it, and for example, in a church, you just come sit in the pew and go out. You don't have no interactions with anybody. Nobody knows whether you came or not. Nobody knows whether, you know, what is happening in your spiritual life. That is not really a church. A church is a place where individuals are learning from one another and growing in their walk with God. That is what God expects of us. And that's what accountability is all about. Now, why is accountability important? Complete important lessons from scripture. Number one, two are better than one. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 to 12 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if one falls down, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one may be overpowered, 
Who can resist? Moreover, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. These are all different, different examples that the preacher, the wise man Solomon gives us to emphasize, look here, you know, if you're thinking I can go it alone, it's not going to be worth it. Two are better than one. And God has put people in the fellowship, you know, two individuals, three individuals, a group, you know, let's learn to live, you know, in, a, in support of each other so that there's accountability and growth. Number two, it's important because it makes us better people. It makes us better people. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17 says, iron sharpens one, iron, and one person sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. Being accountable makes us better people. Accountable to someone. It's like, for example, if you have an accountability person, you know, a friend, who will call you up, say, once a week to find out, hey, how are things doing? You know, how are you doing in your spiritual life? Are you having any struggles? You know, are you having any joys and victories? To know that day, that guy was going to call me on this particular time and day, you know, you're making sure that you're living up because you don't want to say to that person every week to say, look, I made this mistake, I made the same mistake again, you know. So when you have people whom you are accountable to, it makes you better people or it enables you to keep pressing on even more stronger. Thirdly, it reflects the image of God. It reflects the image of God. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 says, you know, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a, him a helper according and a corresponding to him. Biblical accountability means living out our relationships you know, as creatures that have been made in his image. We are his image. You know, we are speaking about a triune God you know, and he has created us in his image with a need for one another. And that is where accountability fits in. Number four, connection to Christ. It's based on connection to Christ. Romans chapter 6 and verse 5 tells us, For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, now biblical accountability is uh, now connected with the fact, not that we are good friends, but we are good friends and we have become a part of a family because we belong to one another. So in a family, there are no secrets, you know, you're willing to share, you know, problems that you are having too, you're willing to share because you know that it's going to be within the family and also that it's going to help you to grow. Number five, it connects us with the body of Christ so that you recognize that you're part of a family. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, where Paul speaks about this you know, body principle. So he says, you know, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. But if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's what accountability is. So don't think of accountability as something too complicated. It is just to say that we are accountable to each other. We are responsible for one another. It is that mutual joy and fellowship of, you know, uh, holding on to each other in our growth and our walk with God. That will also show to the outside world, hey, such a nice-knit family this is, the family of God. And as a result, seeing this value in us, they would be drawn to him. Number six, accountability sets us free. 
Genesis, uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, if you are, have some habits in your life, if you are trying to find victory over freedom over those habits on your own, you may find it is difficult. But when you are able to share with somebody else, to say, hey, look, here, this is the problem that I am having. You ask them for counsel. You ask them for prayer. And you know that somebody else knows about it and they are praying for you. That becomes a strength. And that is how you overcome some of those addictions and habits in your life. It sets you free. Accountability look like. What does it look like? Three important aspects of hands and you know, feet you know, and uh, heart. Hands and uh, hands you know, and feet and head. Sorry, number one is head. Number two is hands. Number three is heart. So the first one, head accountability for the truth. Head accountability means that accountability is about truth. Okay, It's about truth. And you are accountable to each other for what is the truth. You are not standing by each other for a lie. You know, two guys say, okay, you know, you know, I'm going to tell this lie, would you stand by with me? No, no, that's not accountability. Accountability is to stand firm for the truth. John 8, 32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Ephesians 4.15 speaks about speaking the truth in love in every way unto him who is the head. Okay. So, biblical accounting is speaking the truth. Okay, Speaking the truth. For example, a couple of questions you know, that a person can ask you, you know, if you are going through a different uh, situations, emotional struggles, physical struggles. You know, they may ask you questions like, you know, were you bored? Were you tired? Were you lonely? You know, you know, which triggered you giving in to those temptations. Questions like that, you know, asking you, you know, provoking questions to find out what is the truth. Why did you give in to some of those habits? Why did you give in to some of those temptations? Temptations is common to everybody. But what made you give in? You know, even if you ask yourself these questions, you know, these truth questions, you'd be able to get answers. But when somebody else is going to ask you those questions, you know, they are asking you in a very objective manner, and that helps you to think through those issues. That is what the first aspect is of head accountability for the truth. You know? And because somebody else is asking you, your mind is a little more clearer. When you give into temptations, when you, you know, fall into addictions, oftentimes it's your emotions that are in control and you have not really thought things through, you know, whether it is right and wrong or irrational, you have rationalized yourself and said this is right. But when you ask, somebody else asks you these questions, hey, was that really the truth? Was that really the truth? That helps you to get on the right track. Now, especially in the world that we live in, the technology with so many gadgets and so many things that are on the screen, it is important in that, you know, there is a monitoring of your devices, okay? There's a monitoring of your devices. There are a lot of, you know, uh, softwares or systems that you can put in, you know, to your mobiles or to your computers to make sure that you don't get into the wrong websites and also 
so that you are not spending too much on your on your devices also which should take you away you know so there are things that are built in you can check in into your mobile times so on you know for example just to check up you know how much time are you spending on social media you can check on over a week and say hey look here i spent so much time that's not right you know and that has kept me away from god so you set those timers you know to say okay after this time it's going to stop me now why are you doing that why are you accountable to yourself like that because you want to grow so if somebody else you know you have a problem with the social media and all your time and energy on that and yeah that is depriving you of the rightful things that you should be doing and it's taking you astray somebody else asking you those questions also asking you for that head knowledge you know accountability for the truth keeps you on track secondly the hands accountability for our actions you know hands accountability simply means that we are accountable for our actions for our actions okay not only what we are thinking not only what we are saying but what we are doing there's an accountability for that second corinthians 5:10 says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body whether good or evil so what do you do with your time what do you do with your actions matthew 5:29 says if your right eye causes you to sin gouge it out and throw it away better that you lose one of the part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell now jesus obviously do not mean that we should cut ourselves isn't it what he is saying here is that we need more than just head accountability more than just nodding on our heads and say hey that is wrong but doing something about it doing something about it making sure maybe if it's in a a netflix program or if it's a series that you are watching that is say now putting all sorts of thoughts into your mind make sure that you don't watch it make sure that you cut it up others may be doing it but for you it's a problem so you say no to it you know and you put those barriers in that's our responsibility you know as martin luther said you cannot prevent a bird from flying on top of your head but you can definitely prevent it from making a nest on top of your head the world that we are living in is bombarding us with all these things so you can't you know <laughs> stop that but you can definitely stop it from making the nest by constantly watching and rewatching and wanting it more and more because then that is what you are feeding your minds with so there are blockages that you need to you know put in there are filters that you need to book you know put in there are sites and a website maybe that you have to say put a block on that you know like you have you know for you know, blocking calls and you, know, you can block in you know, a sites to say hey, no entry for these sites that's an action that you need to do that is the hand accountability the third accountability is the heart accountability the heart accountability in psalm 32 and verses 3 and 4 david says when i kept silent my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long for day and night your hand was heavy upon me my strength was drained as in the summer heat after daniel's sin with bathsheba it took a long time for him to admit that he was wrong it took a long time and during this time this is what he writes he says when i kept silent my bones became brittle from my 
groaning. There were so much of problems that he was facing, you know, but he still somehow went on, went on, went on with it. He knew his heart was not right, but he still kept on. And that is where God had to step in and send Nathan the prophet. So even this evening, we must ask ourselves, is your heart telling you that something is wrong between your relationship with God? Stop there again and ask God to correct it. Now, if you have somebody else, an accountability person, you know, they would be able to ask you simple questions you know, on your feelings at that point. What are you feeling? Are you growing in your walk with God? You know, what are you doing? You know? You know, what are you thinking, you know? And questions like that, you know, enable you to check up what's happening. Now, this is where the Bible also constantly says, examine yourself, examine yourself, examine yourself. Why? It is better to examine ourselves here on earth and to find out and make sure we are on the right track rather than live a life of no examination. And finally, when we die and come before God's judgment, we find you know, that it was all wrong. We messed up. You know. So the time that God gives to us, you know, God wants us to make sure that we are accountable to God. And God has put us in families. God has put us in, you know, <coughs> in churches, you know, individuals, friends. <coughs> find people to whom you are going to be accountable. You, know. you strengthen yourself to put these barriers so that you are accountable to yourself. You know. Cut off those things that need to be cut off. The reason why is you want to grow. You want to progress. You want to mature, be mature in your walk with God. Couple of important you know, Bible verses for accountability. I put down 10 key passages of scripture. Proverbs 28, 13. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 26, Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25, and James chapter 5 and verse 16. Let me just highlight some of these in a verses for you. Proverbs 28, 13 says, the one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but who confesses and renounces them will find mercy. In other words, if you are accountable to somebody, you can't hide it, you know, and that will enable you to grow, okay. Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go tell him the fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. So you see somebody doing wrong, you are accountable to one another, you help them, you tell them, you know, so that they can correct themselves and grow in their walk with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. So it's not just accountability, it's not just finding fault, you know. No, no, no. Accountability is for mutual encouragement, okay. You know, it is like maybe at the, at an end of, you know, uh, a program, you know, there's evaluation. What are the things that went well? What are the things that didn't go well? Why do we do that? Why do you do an, uh, an examination so that the next time you can do better? If it was only what are all the things that went bad, you know, every time that's all that you're doing, people will lose the motivation. But when they look at, hey, these things did well, you know, 
these things did not go so well. So next time, if we can improve ourselves on these, it will also go well. So that's the whole reason for accountability. Encourage, see the things that did go well, and also see the things that did not go well. That's why at the end of the day, it is always good to spend time examining what happened during the day. What are the things that did go well? Thank God for that, because it is God who helped you. What are the things that did not go well? What are the mistakes that you made? And ask God to rectify, help you to rectify those so that the next time it will go better. Instead of just at the end of the day saying, you know, God, I lay me down to sleep, you know, spend time looking over the day and checking up on your life so that the next day the gift that God gives to us will be much better. Let me close with this illustration by Howard Hendricks, who was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. He said, every man should have three individuals in his life, a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. A Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. A Paul is an older man who is willing to mentor you, to build into your life. Okay? Not someone who is smarter or more gifted than you, but someone who has been on the same road. Somebody who is willing to share his strengths and weaknesses. Everything is learned in the lab of life. Somebody whose faith you will want to imitate. So, you must have a, a Paul. Secondly, you must then also have a, a Barnabas. A Barnabas, okay? Somebody who is willing to stand by you, help you, encourage you. And thirdly, a Timothy into whose life you are giving to and building into. A Paul, a Barnabas, this evening ask yourself, do you have these three guys? Do you have these three guys in your life? Do you have a Paul you, whom you are accountable to, whom you are learning from? Do you have a Timothy to whom you are giving to? Barnabas, you are not living only for yourself, you are encouraging one another. If you have these three types of people in our lives, there will be growth because of the accountability. And then when we stand before God's judgment seat you know, on that final day, we don't have to hang our sh heads in shame, but we'll be happy to hear from him. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray together.